You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Now, I've heard some some pretty uh, wild things as a pastor in the context of of church. Um, And uh, so on one of the discussion threads on a Facebook group that I'm a part of, Senior Pastors Central, there was this uh, post uh, someone has... Uh, said something to this pastor he considered really a, a you know the term is jacked up a really jacked up thing to say and so it started a thread of the most jacked up things a christian can say and this is in the context of actual conversations that took place with actual pastors and churches and i have had some of these type conversations myself um so here's some these are these are all from this uh this facebook group from senior pastors. The context of this first one is there's a 93-year-old church member who's angry about new people coming into the church. And they're angry because there's new people coming in. They didn't know the new people. We're not singing hymns anymore. We don't sing with a choir anymore. And the context is they hadn't actually had a choir in 20 years anyway. And the and, and so this pastor had told them that the things they were doing as a congregation was to reach the, these generations, like your grandchildren's generation. And this actual quote was, I don't have grandchildren, so why should I care about somebody else's going to hell? It doesn't matter if hymns don't reach people because it's not about reaching people. Somebody said that. They said that out loud. Another one was uh, with the context being uh, the pastor was recognizing contributions made to the church uh, and in the church over the years uh, that have been made by African Americans. And this is a church he described as somewhat white. Like, our, like he would describe his church as somewhat white. And on this particular Sunday, he was... Uh, talking about contributions that African Americans had made. And this was kind of in the context of Black History Month. And this person said to him, here's the quote, I'm so mad at you. I told you that if you did that again, recognized African American church contributions, I would have to leave the church. And you did it. And I love this church. Why did you do that? Now I have to leave. That's an actual thing somebody said, and I've heard things very similar to that myself. And one more, this is in the context of, of uh, in a traditionally white congregation, the pastor was baptizing a young African-American couple. This young couple, new to the church, new to the faith in Jesus Christ, being baptized. And then on the very same Sunday, he went and made a nursing home visit to a member of the church who was in the nursing home. And this nursing home member said, I heard you baptize a N-word today. Don't you dare do it again. These are some of the most jacked up things a Christian can say. And, 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 and you know, these, these may make you feel angry. They may make you feel sad. They may break your heart. They may want to make you want to, like, scream. How do these things make you feel? The words, these words come from a place of insecurity. Fear and prejudice grow out of this, out of some form of insecurity. So, so as we're talking about our insecurities, how do you deal with your fear and your prejudice? So we're, we're wrapping up our series on insecurities today, and we've been learning how to not let those insecurities that we all have from time to time keep you from pursuing God's purpose for you. And we've looked at Moses' story and how sometimes you just you have no words. And we looked at Gideon's story and how sometimes you feel like you're the least likely. But today we're going to look at another story. 
And this is a, a, a guy named Jonah. And you may be familiar with this famous tale, this legend of Jonah. Jonah and the whale. It's actually Jonah and the big fish, right? And sometimes we, sometimes we have to deal with our own fear and prejudice. These come from a place of insecurity. So let's read Jonah chapter 1. This is in the context of the, the, the nation of Israel is being oppressed by the Assyrian Empire. It's funny how these oppression of the empire keeps coming up in these stories of insecurity. The Egyptian Empire, the, the, uh, the Midianite Empire, and now we have the Assyrian Empire. And there's a capital city of, of Assyria, and it's Nineveh. So Nineveh, that is the like the context of Jonah. So chapter 1 begins this way. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship living, leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw their cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at, at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe, maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which one of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. And the sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since this storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. O Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death. O Lord, you have sent this storm upon us for your own good purpose, <laughs> your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up. And threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. And the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. So the legend of Jonah here has this, this uh, it's a picture of our insecurities and how they can manifest themselves as fear and prejudice. And we're going to get deeper into those these these things today with this big idea living a life of purpose often means facing your fear and prejudice in order to become more like jesus let me say that again living a life of purpose often means facing your fear and prejudice in order to become more like jesus so there's a few thoughts about our insecurities and how they manifest themselves in fear and prejudice that that i want to kind of pull from the story of jonah and we're actually going to read some more of the of jonah so if you have your bible open just leave it open for now and here's the first thing god's purpose may be in the opposite direction of where you want to go 
God's purpose may be in the opposite direction of where you feel like you want to go. I kind of find myself um, that, like wondering sometimes where are the people that I gave directions to my house <laughs> because I'm horrible at giving directions. And, and in a lot of ways, like my GPS in, in my car, which I do have a GPS that I have, it actually, when I get to the end of my driveway, will tell me I'm on the other side of the street. Like if I need to make a left turn out of my driveway, it'll tell me to turn right. If I need to make a right turn out of my driveway, it'll tell me to turn left. But once I actually get out on the main street, it straightens out. It's it's like sometimes the opposite direction. Can you think of a time you went in the wrong direction? I mean, does does this usually happen by choice or by accident? Well, in Jonah's case, he made a choice. It said, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go down to the city of Nineveh and announce my judgment. But Jonah went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He found a ship leaving for Tarshish, hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. So, as a prophet of God, you would have, we can assume Jonah usually follows, followed God's purpose for him. But not this time. See, God sends Jonah on a mission to announce judgment to the people of Nineveh because he's seen how they are. At this time that the story took place, Assyria was Israel's worst enemy. This was this empire. So Jonah didn't want to go there because he, as every good Israelite would, wants absolutely nothing to do with these people. Here's who the Assyrians were, by the way. They were so brutal that if the word came that, hey, they're going to attack your city, there were actually whole towns of people who would commit suicide because they they didn't want to experience what the Assyrians would do. They would, the Syrians would go in and take over a city, and they would kill many people. And the soldiers would take surviving women and even little girls and use them before they would kill them. They would torture children. They would take any men that they captured alive, and they would take them outside the city. They would skin them alive, and then they would bury them in their necks, up, uh, up to their necks in the sand, And then they would pull their tongues out and drive a stake in them so they would go insane as they were dying of thirst in the middle of the desert. And then all through the night, they would make them watch High School Musical on repeat. (laughs) No, they didn't do that. But once they were dead, they would behead them. And then they would build a pyramid with the severed heads outside the city to say to the rest of the world, this city was conquered by the Assyrian Empire. And Jonah... He has some insecurities about pursuing God's purpose. <clears throat> he has legit reasons for not wanting to obey God, and his fear and prejudice might even seem justified. These people are worthy of your hate and your loathing and your fear. Just sometimes, sometimes, just sometimes, in our minds, our reasons for not obeying God seem legit. Maybe someone has wronged you or hurt you or hurt someone you love. And God says, I want you to forgive them. Go to them. Forgive them the way I've forgiven you is what God says. And this may not be what you want, right? Going with forgiveness to others is hard when they don't deserve it. Jonah found out that what we all find out, when God sends you somewhere, you can always find a boat headed in the opposite direction. Tarshish is 2,500 miles away from Nineveh. I read that, that according to the travel abilities of that day and that culture, it would take about a year to make the trip from, from Tarshish to Nineveh. That's a lot of running. That's a year's worth of running. Maybe you can relate to that. 
everyone may think you're on track, but now that you've now that you've been running, you're you're a long way from God. You can run from God for a while, but you can't run forever because the the purpose and the plan of God will catch up to you. If you've been running from God, why not make this the day you turn and start running to God? When we don't follow God's plan because because you can always find a boat headed in the opposite direction, we are separating ourselves from God. And separating yourself from God's plan separates you from God. God's purpose may be in the opposite direction of where you prefer to be. But stop going the opposite direction from God. Another thing, when you let go, you can move forward. When you let go, you can move forward. Is there anything you need to let go of in order to move forward? We're going to skip over to chapter 3. Chapter 2 is basically Jonah praying in the belly of the big fish. In chapter 3, it starts off with, And the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time and said, uh, By the way, the fish had spit him out on the beach. And so the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. He says, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I've given to you. And this time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, Forty days from now Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and they and, and, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. And when the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat in a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city, No one, not even the animals from your herds or flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They, they must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. And when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out his destruction that he had, he had threatened. Nineveh was huge. Population, I understand it to be about 120,000 people plus animals, which is counted in the population. Surrounded by a wall that was seven and a half miles long. And it took three days to see it all. It was a fortress. It's a cultural epicenter. It's, it's the ancient equivalent of Natchitoches. <laughs> right? <laughs> but in verse 4, as Jonah entered the city, we see there, there's a couple of different words that are used here. This is originally written in Hebrew. And, uh, and I don't speak Hebrew, but, but I find these words interesting as I, as I study. Two words that are used here for entering the city. And entering is kalobal. Kalobal. And kalal. Ball, and it means began to enter or started into. Began, enter, started into. That's what the, that's how the words like translate. So, so but actually, when you put the words together, kalo ball, it means to untie or let go so that you can advance, like to untie your animal so that you can advance, you can go forward, to untie that which is being tied down so that you can go forward, that you can advance. In order to move forward into God's purpose, Jonah had to release what he was holding on to. You may have to release something in order to grab hold of what God has for you. See, Jonah had to release his prejudice, his, his, his selfishness. So Jonah says, God, I'm going to do what you want no matter what. I'm going to do what you want no matter what. 
Insecurities can manifest in a thing like fear and prejudice, which which actually gain control over you. And, and, and I like to be in control. Maybe you can relate. Uh, but if I don't release my grip on this, it will never become what God intends. What is it that you're holding on to? And, and, and God is saying, go now. And you're going to have to let that go in order to go now. Jonah, Jonah is way out of his comfort zone here. He has every right to be scared. He has, he, he, but you know what he's doing? He's letting go. And, he, and he's walking in. He preaches what God tells him to preach. It's an eight-word message. Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's the message. The message is short. It's direct. And guess what? It's offensive. But here's the cool twist. There's a word here. As we read destroyed, the word in, in um, uh, Hebrew, which sometimes is, is translated as overturned, the original word is hippoch. Hippoch in, in Hebrew. And it means it means destroyed, but it also means changed. The same word means destroyed, and it means changed. Fourteen days from now, you will be destroyed or you will be changed. This is this is more than a proclamation of judgment on an evil empire. God gives a choice, a second chance. God isn't out to destroy you. God wants to change you for the better. Is there anything you need to let go of so you can move forward? Is there a place where God's desire is to change you for the better? If you have any prejudice in your heart, I promise you, that's something God wants you to let go. Facing your insecurities, it will, it'll be uncomfortable. So I think of facing our fears, facing our prejudices, myself. Facing insecurities will be uncomfortable. Most people are at least a little insecure about trying out a new place where they, where they may not know anyone. Like, like church. A lot of people may be a little insecure about trying a, a new church, a new place where they don't know anyone, especially when it meets in, in a movie theater, especially one where like it's impossible to sneak in unnoticed. <laughs> they make you feel a little uncomfortable. When have you faced your insecurities and took action? Well, that's what Jonah did, but that's not the, the end of the story. Let's, let's read the rest of, of a, uh, chapter 4. This change of plans... You see, the change of plans was God's, God decided he's not going to destroy the city. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? This is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if if what I predicted will not happen. And the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city, made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased the discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. (laughs) The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted. Even angry enough to die. (laughs) Then the Lord said, You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. 
It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And in scene, <laughs> end the ancient legend we call the book of Jonah. <laughs> Jonah's having a bad day. No doubt about it. Verse 6 says, The Lord arranged for a plant to grow there, a vine which grows some gourds, shading Jonah from the sun. And, and God also arranged for a worm, and the worm ate through the vine, causing it to wither and die. As the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to beat down on Jonah. There's a repetition here of the word arranged, and it's a word, uh, like another word in Hebrew is the word manal, manal. Monon, arranged, 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 literally means to prepare, to prepare and provide. That's what the word means. When we see that arranged, it means God prepared and provided this. It's the same word we see way back in, in uh, chapter uh, 1, verse 17. The Lord arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. Monon. God prepares and provides small things that may mean as much as the large things. God prepares and provides weird things that may seem random. Bottom line, God prepares and provides opportunities to face your insecurities. God prepares and provides opportunities to face your fears and any prejudice in your heart. We may think God is nice to provide plant for shade, but God is, but God is mean for providing the worm and the wind. But God knows Jonah needs a real awakening that, that only can come through the worm and the wind. Your awakening may only come through discomfort. God is trying to get Jonah to see that his life isn't all about him. It's about so much more. Jonah just stays angry, though. Angry enough to die. He says in verse 10, the Lord, uh, as the Lord said, you feel sorry about a plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in darkness, not to mention all the, all the cows. <laughs> Shouldn't I care for these people? Jonah, life is not about you. Life's not about your anger. Life's, it's, it's not about your unforgiveness. Life is about Nineveh. Being a Christ follower is about living out the love of God to your neighbor, no matter who that is. God provides opportunity to show His love, His forgiveness, His mercy, and His grace with our community. And as we follow Jesus, God is sending us into our community with His, with his message of reconciliation. And so, so living a life of purpose, which we all want to do, often means facing your fear and your prejudice in order to become more like Jesus. So I would encourage you to take this next step. And this next step is to pray. Pray this prayer. Ask God, is there any way I need to be reconciled to you or to my neighbor? Is there any fear or prejudice in my heart? And how can I show your love to others today? Make this your prayer. Make it in your own words. God, is there any way I need to be reconciled to you? Is there any way that I need to be reconciled to my neighbor? God, is there any fear in my heart that I need to have you come and help me deal with it, it, it. Do I have any prejudice in my heart that I need to deal with? God, how can I show your love to others today? Lord, that's our prayer. 
Lord, would you show us the ways we need to be reconciled to you, reconciled to our neighbor? Would you meet us in our hearts, Lord, and help us to address the fears and the prejudices that we hold there? And Lord, would you show us how to show your love to others today? Thank you, God, for hearing and answering our prayers. Thank you for this ancient story of Jonah and how, Lord, we can live a life of purpose, purpose, but it may often mean facing our own fears and prejudice in order to become more like you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.